What'd you say? New Greenwich. That's what it's called. Greenwich? This is Maui Wowie. Um, so it's <laughs> my favorite movie is that I can't decide on a favorite movie. Press next podcast. Heyo, I'm Katie. And it's your favorite co-host, Corey. <laughs> favorite. And this is the Press Next Podcast. PMP. Hold it Hold down. Hold it down. Back for another year. Welcome to 2024. Happy uh, MLK Day. You know, MLK Jr. Shout out to MLK Jr. And a snow day. And a snow day. And we're, we're in Texas. And um, y'all, it actually snowed in Texas. This does not happen. This... Um. It's been happening more. I feel like we get ice, but we don't really get snow. True, true, okay, true. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. Like, we got snow. Like Yeah, not really ice, just yeah, yeah, snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, shout out to the snow in Texas, you know. Snow on the beach. Oh. Look, look, see, in I'm, the year of our Lord 2024, Corey Middleton is a Swifty. I'm Taylor Swift adjacent. He's a Swifty. One more Midnight album, and I'm a Swifty. But right now, I'm still a Jason. You sat and watched the entire Ares tour. I did. You know what? Let's jump that off. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, if you are, we'll, we'll get to that. If you are new here, we are a podcast about movies, TV shows, and documentaries. Um, we just like to talk about them like you sitting on the couch talking about shows and stuff like that. We like to focus on maybe one or two movies um, each episode. But uh, if that is for you, you have met your flock. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You are the fourth wall and welcome. And for those who have been our loyalist listeners for almost 100 episodes, we love that you have never turned off your TV and that you have never turned us off. Um, and we appreciate that. Through all of our ups and downs and pauses and hiatuses <laughs> and whatever, through us f- figuring out our show. Remember from the beginning, we were so different. We would go episode by episode. Yeah. Right? And then we have changed up so much. And you all have stuck with us. A lot of the changes were changes that y'all asked for. So um, we appreciate it. And we are back. And we are going to crank through 2024. Um, and it's a new year. So... Do you have, you know, usually we start with what's been on your TV, but do you have any, do you have any watch list slash movie slash cinematic um, resolutions for this year? Um, I think I wouldn't necessarily say resolutions, but I have been keeping a list on my phone in the notes app. I have like 200 different lists going. I need to go through and clear clear it out. But I do have a list in my notes app that is a to watch list. So when people are talking to me and telling me that they're like, they watched this movie that they really liked, instead of saying like, oh yeah, I want to see that too. Or, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm actually writing it down. That way when I sit down in front of the TV and I'm like, what do I want to watch today? Or you know, what is something that I've been wanting to watch, but I just can't remember it right now. Instead of putting on mm. my comfort shows right. and rewatching them again, I can actually watch things that are on my to-watch list. Right. So um, the name on everyone's lips is Saltburn. And That's that was one. We'll be talking so today. Definitely watch that. And then um, I think, let me see. Let me pull it up. So that's my resolution is just to actually keep a make list a list and watch them and actually watch them and not just say like, oh, yeah, that's on my list to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel you. I'm going to dedicate more time to my basically my biggest resolution is to get get out of my comfort shows. Yeah. In this list, I even have things on here that I've seen before. I just haven't watched in years. Like the other day um, we went out and we were talking about the Disney movie motocross 
And I was like, man, I haven't seen I that haven't in seen motocross forever. In forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I loved it growing mm-hmm. up. I remember loving it, so I put it on my list to watch. Right, right. You, yeah, some of the stuff that like, or some movies that you want to rewatch that were so old, or maybe you're older now, and so maybe you have a different lens whenever you watch yeah. it. So I'm, I want to do that as well. Similar to you. I've created a form. So this is open to you if you want to do it. This is also open to anybody listening right now. If you want to be, uh, if you want to track your um, your changes, except, dang, I got to think about how I'm going to do this. Because right now the only options are Katie, Corey, or other. Mm. <laughs> so I got to change it up. But what I'm going to do is at the end of 2024, I'm going to do, towards one of our last episodes, uh, basically like a Movies Watch Wrapped. Yeah. And I want to have all the statistics of how many movies I've watched. And the movies don't have to be feature films. So they can be feature or short. Uh, they can be documentaries. The documentaries are in the genre. So I'll put a bunch of genres in there. Uh, and so I want to be able to keep the stats. Right now, so far, I've already had eight inputs. Even though I think I'm I'm close to 10, I got to go back and put two extra things in there. From but this year? From this year. Okay. So we're only, what, 15 days in. And I have watched... RoboCop, Leave the World Behind, Head of State, The Matrix Resurrections, The Equalizer 3, Lift, Saltburn, and this documentary called Flight Risk that was about the 737 MAX Mm. um, incidents. And so I can tell you, because I'm putting in the movie year, so I can tell you how many movies I've watched that were in what year. So far, I've watched three movies that came out in 2023. Um, The runtime, so at the end of the year, I'll be able to say how many hours I spent watching films. Oh, my gosh. Which will be absolutely ridiculous. I was about to say, that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. Well, it could be, but it's also like, I don't care. Like, at at this point in my life, what I'm learning is, and everybody's always on this, like, we have to have side hustles. We have to do this, da-da-da-da. I my goal for 2024 is just to pour into the things that I love. Like that lean the, into what you like. Yes. The people that I the relationships that I love, the people that I love, I don't no longer do I care about being like st- stupidly rich. Yeah. Because what is rich to me is the relationships in the moments that I have enjoy in my life. So I love movies and watch I want to dive more into back into that. Yeah. Like that makes me happy. All the video content you've been seeing me producing, I've been doing that because making videos makes me happy. Brings like, you joy. Yeah. I'm going to dive into all of those things. So I don't really care at the end of the year if it shows that I spent 23 days watching films. I don't care. Yeah. Um, movie types. I've only watched feature films right now. I haven't watched any shorts. Um, my top two genres right now are science fiction and action. Mm. Or oh, there's three. There's three that are at twenty five percent. So, uh, but it'll it'll have a breakdown of genres and then also the platforms. So I've watched three movies on Max, three movies on Netflix, and two on Prime. Interesting. Yeah, and then I have all of my ranks. So I've ranked them all from zero to one hundred because I want to see what I average out on movie ranks. I like that. So I will have all of my stats for this year run through a wrapped and if you want to participate in what did we watch as press next podcast mm-hmm. sure put in your inputs if you're listening you want to put in your inputs then do that and then we'll be able to to say hey we as a podcast this is what we all watch yeah now i know it's a lot of work but you can just hit the link in our bio to take you to our link tree you can do that and just put in the form it's just remembering that like hey when i'm watching something put it in yeah um so to share what I've been watching, I also watched Leave the World Behind. Mm-hmm. We watched that together. Um, I also watched The Act because yes. Gypsy Rose Blanchard got, you know, got released from prison. And I never watched The Act when it came out and was super popular and like everyone was talking about mm-hmm. it. I never watched it, but I did watch 
all eight episodes. And then when she got released from prison, you know, she was going on that press tour for mm -hmm. the Lifetime documentary or docuseries. Right. Watch that. So I think I'm good on Gypsy Rose Blanchard information for now. Like, I, I don't think I need to know anything else. I think that I have ingested everything that I need to, and that girl just needs to live her life. Um, Honestly, it's so crazy seeing people like one fangirling. Yeah. Or, or maybe we should take out the word fangirl because, you know, that's like a, just fanning over Gypsy. Yeah. And I've seen like people who are like, oh, Gypsy was coerced. She didn't, if it wasn't for her boyfriend type thing. And I'm like, the, the boyfriend is still like doing life in prison, right? Yeah. And also, like, come on, son. Well, there's also just, like, this big debate, which I completely understand, which is, on the one hand, obviously, she lived a very traumatic life, and she was a victim of, of Munchausen, Munchausen by proxy. Yes. And definitely a victim. And then, on the other hand, people are like, but she still plotted a murder. Yes. Like, like she still... But that, to me, is like, I don't... That doesn't need to be a conversation. Like... By law, but if there's a conversation about morality, I get it, right? Like, right. And that's maybe what you're talking about. Right. From a moral standpoint, sure, because I feel the way about, like, you ever see the story about the woman who um, she ran a daycare, but then she found out that her husband was, like, um, her husband was, like, molesting the children and she shot her husband? Oh, no. And she's, like, in prison? The morality, everybody in the world is like, no, she needs a medal. She yeah. doesn't need to be in prison. Right. She saved them children, you know right. what I'm saying, from her own husband as a predator. But from a legal standpoint, it's like, yo, she wrong. Like, you cannot yeah. do that. Well, you know what I found interesting was that the state of Missouri doesn't have, which is where she was when right. this happened, Springfield, Missouri. Um, Damn Springfield, man. They don't have accessory to murder. That's not a thing in Missouri. Interesting. So that's why she didn't get charged with accessory actual, to murder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Which I thought was super interesting. But, I mean, she did eight years in prison, and I did not realize she did that much time. I feel like, I mean, time, what is time, right? Yeah. I feel like it happened in 2015. I don't know. Eight years is, is it doesn't seem like a lot, especially for somebody losing their life, but eight years is a long time. No, it is a long time. It's a long time. Because you remember, like, Eight years ago where you were. You weren't even able to drink eight years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. But that's... Wild. The nature of the stuff. But, I okay. know. So you watched the act. What else? So I watched the act and then I watched that documentary. I can't even remember what it's called, but Life Behind Bar... Oh, that sounds made up. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Life Behind Bars actually does sound like a title of a show. I, it probably is like a TLC show or something. Mm. Um, But the Lifetime documentary from Gypsy... And then, um, yep, sorry. I watched Midsummer. I've never seen that, and mm -hmm. I finally watched that, which I actually like. As disgusting as it was in some point, in some parts, I found it intriguing. I definitely liked it way more than Hereditary. And if you don't know, they're both made by Ari Aster. Yeah. So I'm, I'm flipped. Really? Yeah, because I think. The intrigue is the only thing that makes sense about Midsummer. I think Midsummer, again, when it comes to A24, they're so swing for the fence. Yeah. That when they miss, I think they really whiff bad. And I think with Midsummer, everybody doesn't know how to feel about that film. Hmm. And so they chalk it up to being like, I'm the intrigue, they they enjoy the intrigue. Yeah. But if you really peel back the layers, it's like that movie was not a good movie. 
story wise. Like it it doesn't it doesn't contray like contray. It doesn't convey when you walk away, do you have a lot of questions about what the ending was? Um like wrapping it all together, did you have a lot of questions? Yeah. Because I've watched it like four times and every time I still have more either questions. the same questions or more questions. Yeah. Which to me is not is a mark of a not great story. Or maybe it's a good story, it just wasn't directed in a way to where the story actually came to life. Whereas with Hereditary, I understood stuff with Hereditary. Even though it was still very avant-garde and has a certain je ne sais quoi, right? <laughs> right? I st- you still walked away with an understanding. Yeah. And to me... That's what makes a good film is that the story is still somewhat wrapped up in you have a bow that you that where you have some answers and there are some things that maybe you have questions for yeah. but the major storyline the A block is actually answered. Okay. And I feel like with Midsummer, as visually stunning as it is, like there's yeah, it is a visually that's one stunning. of the most visually stunning films you will ever watch. Yeah, I don't think the story is strong enough for it to carry like this was an amazing film or. Or anything. And Hereditary to me is just like in, in the 80s too. Probably like a high 80s movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy like the little bits of information and then you see it unfolding later in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. Like the hidden messages. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's something that you could watch over and over again and find something new and be like, oh my gosh, that's referring to that, you know? Yeah. Which I felt very similar to Saltburn as well. Um, and then y'all know I love reality TV and new season of Thousand Pound Sisters is on. <laughs> so I've been watching that every week. I love, 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 love Thousand Pound Sisters. Have you Pound seen Sisters. that clip, whatever she was like craving? She said she craved oh, water and she my said, Bitch, you just thirsty. Gosh. Okay, I just seen the clip. I don't watch the show. No, I, I freaking love it. I have watched that clip so many times. Yeah, I I could be pregnant now because I'm she craving things that I've water. never craved before, like water. And Girl, her sister goes, thirsty. bitch, you ain't pregnant. You, you thirsty. thirsty. That's funny, <laughs> dog. Funny. Hell, I'll be craving water. I think I'm pregnant, too. Oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been watching. And, yeah, so should we get into what this episode's about? We can, indeed. We're going to be talking about Saltburn. It is on... I guess everybody's list. And I say everybody's list, and this is why I was like, we should talk about it. Because since it's been released, I have had probably upwards of 12 or more people text me like, hey, have you watched Saltburn? Really? Because they know I like films. Right. You know, they listen to the podcast too. So I'm like, okay, this is one of them buzz films. It's very buzzy. Right? Like, everybody's watching it. And so typically, I actually don't like to watch films when they're buzzing. Yeah. I like to, because it comes with a certain expectation. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't find, because you know how I watch films. Right. If I don't find it to be as enjoyable as everybody else, then it comes with the conversation that like, sometimes I don't want to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so maybe I'm being too critical, but we'll get into it. What is salt burn? Let's talk about it. Oh, before we get into this, if you are new, this is where we get into the spot where we actually talk about the film. So if you are not going to watch it and you want to listen, perfect. You're in the right spot. Keep on continuing. If you are going to watch it, we're about to spoil it for you. So if you want to press pause and then come back and press play when we talk about it, sure. And are you all ready to go? You ready to rock? Yeah, but I did want to say, like, the reason I wanted to watch it was because it was so buzzy. Because I wanted to join in right. on the conversation that everyone's having. And that's, the, that's what I love about film in general. Because that's how film 
for me, for me growing up, that's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. It was all word of mouth. That's the best way to sell your film is that right. somebody went to go see it and then they tell somebody else, hey, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Much like one of the films we watched over the break, which to me was one of the best films I saw last year, The Holdovers. The Holdovers. It, it was so I was good. so happy that people won awards on that one because what a fantastic film that did like pretty much zero marketing and of course was going to be kind of buried behind the Oppenheimer Barbie uh, year. Right. But to me... The Holdovers was, I would say it was probably top three, and it's not three yeah. of best films of the year. Of the year, yeah. No, I agree with that. So shout out to The Holdovers. But let's talk about Saltburn. So Saltburn is a 2023 black comedy psychological thriller. So it's a thriller. Um, it was written and directed and co-produced by Emerald Fennell. I don't know who that is. She actually, it's a woman. Okay. And she was pregnant Barbie in the oh, Barbie movie. Yeah. Shout out to that kind of makes sense why uh, Margot was producing on it as well. Uh, but the film is set in Oxford and North Hamp- Hamptonshire. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. But it's in England. Probably so saying it completely it focuses, wrong. I'm probably saying it very wrong. I'm an English mind, not an English mind, if you know what <laughs> I mean. Uh, but it focuses on an Oxford University student who becomes fixated with a popular aristocratic fellow student at his university who later invites him to spend the summer at his eccentric family's estate, mm-hmm. which is called Saltburn, right? It's Saltburn is like an area, I'm assuming. Yeah, or I think Saltburn is a town or right. something. Okay, now when we talk about ex- uh, eccentric, I mean, it is eccentric. I can give you the whole plot, but I don't want to read this whole thing. But basically, the film is, is starring a uh, student named Oliver Quick, which is a very, 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 like, literature name. You know what I mean? No, I thought the same thing. So as soon as they said it, oh, Oliver, Oliver Quick, I'm like, okay, everything Ollie. is going to be some sort of, like, Oliver is, a, I feel like, a very English name. Yeah. But Quick, too, is like, come on, son. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. like a name straight out of a book. Yeah. So I like know Oliver that there's going to be a lot of callbacks in this movie and a lot of like innuendos and things of that nature uh, a lot of sew-ins oh my knee hold on Ooh. anyway oliver's character how would you describe oliver's character when um, you first meet him when you first meet him he is quiet he is reserved he is an outsider yep outsider's perfect he is seemingly poor yeah seeming like homely yeah doesn't have now mind you he's at the university this university is fulfilled okay let's just say i mean it's oxford it's oxford okay in dallas texas dfw's terms this is a a a, a student who grew up on welfare who is at smu seemingly seemingly right seemingly on welfare who's at smu he's he is out of place yeah and the people on campus know that he is out of place. Okay, now, granted, I worked at SMU, and um, hell, I felt out of place. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and I was still making money, but those students, man, they come from money, money. Money, money. Uh, so that's Oliver's character, right? And you're thinking, he kind of fits the, like, woe is me kind of thing. Like, people always watch out for him. And he finds a, a liken to a friend named Felix, so the movie is kind of really following Oliver and Felix. Felix is another guy. They become friends at university. Um, they seemingly spend a, a lot of time over the semester together. And it kind of seems like Oliver is getting a little attached to Felix. Yeah. 
And I, I also think it's important to note that Felix is played by Jacob Elordi and um, Oliver is played by Barry Keegan. And I feel like they are both big names that people, they have like a cult following. So I think that that also attributes to the success of the film. Oh, snaps. Jacob was Nate on Euphoria. From Euphoria, yeah. Okay, I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. know he looked familiar. yeah. Okay, now Barry is who? I actually don't think I've seen anything that he's in. Me either, but he looks Irish. Is he Irish? Well, <laughs> I maybe because he plays Let's in the um, what is it? The Banshees of Anna Sharon. I've been wanting to see that, and I think that oh, that's, he's an Irish actor. Let's go! I was about to say, I think he that's has an Irish film. Very strong Irish features. Wow, my people. You know what I'm saying? I was like looking at him like, that has to be an Irishman. My people! Um, but shout out to them because Oliver is also very, while his last name is quick, he's also very quirky. Yeah. Okay, there's a lot that, about Oliver that you're like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then Felix is the cool guy that everyone likes. Yes. Everyone like wants to hang out with. Everyone wants to be like him because exactly. of the influence he has. And he has a lot of influence, but he's not a... He's a genuine human. Yeah, he's not a jerk. Felix is a, a Felix in real life is hard to find. Yeah. Who comes from a ridiculous amount of wealth. I mean, ridiculous. Recognizes that he can get handouts from anything, right? right. But is a, a really genuine human. Wants to help the low man. Will kind of check you. Remember there was like one point when he was talking to that girl and the girl was talking about how like, hey, you shouldn't like mess with Felix because... Or you shouldn't mess with Oliver because Oliver's homely. He's a scholarship student. Like, mm -hmm. and Felix's response is like, "Yo, that's like kind of messed up. Like, why would you say that?" Yeah. So there's a part of Felix, a big part of Felix, where you're like, "Man, he's a good human." Now that is somewhat juxtaposed by everybody saying, "Oh, you're just one of Felix's toys." So does Felix does this, do this all the time? Yeah. So if that's the case, then is Felix really a good human, or is he is he predatory in nature? That's a good point. But who said that? His sister? Nope. His sister said it because, I mean, his sister did say it, yes. Uh, that, Venetia. You're talking about Venetia? Venetia, yeah. Venetia did say it. Cause, and who knows better than your family members? But remember the one weird random kid that was in the university who was like, when, he's, when, he, when he doesn't like you, he'll be done with you. And he called Oliver a bootlicker? Yeah. Felix okay. has done this before. Okay. And then remember when they got to the house, um... Somebody said, like, oh, you're cuter than the last one. Was it the mom? Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, this is Felix's M.O. That's a good point. Okay. So I don't know if, if, if is Felix a good guy. I think or I overlooked he... all of that. <laughs> oh, did you? See, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there well, like, like I, I knew, you know, the toy and all of that. But then I was like, okay, that's coming from the sister who had a thing with the guy that he brought around last. So... Right. Is it really like, but she is said, it jealousy or is it? 100%. But then she was even saying stuff like, it wasn't just one though. Like her verbiage was like, he never lets me play with his toys, even the ones that he's done with. Yeah. So this is like, we're, she's talking like this is a thing. Right. Like, like every summer or. Exactly. Right. Like every summer there's somebody coming to Saltburn and that's crazy. Right. Yeah. So, and he kind of knew the play. Like he knew. Everything like he did. Here's this for dinner. Do this. You're gonna be sleeping here. Like he, Felix felt comfortable in bringing somebody back to the house. So 
I don't know. Anyway, the the story follows Oliver and Phoenix, and Phoenix. I'm sorry, Felix. Phoenix is kind of a cool name, you know, with the F, like Phoenix, Phoenix, mm-hmm. Phoenix. Anyway, anyway, um, they go back to Saltburn for the summer. So I think maybe a third of the film is at Oxford, and mm-hmm. then the rest of the film is at Saltburn, it's pretty Saltburn. much. Um, now the other guy that was there, what's his name? The black dude, the mixed dude. Yes. He, let me see what his name was. They had some names on them. Elspeth was the mother, right? She's kind of a hottie mom. Uh, Farley. Farley, is that name? Farley, Farley yes. Yeah. Now, Farley is an interesting character. Farley seems to be maybe someone who Felix's family has kind of taken in. Well, because at the beginning of the movie, what's Felix's last name again? Felix? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, actually. Let me see. Let's go to the cast. That's not the cast. Here we go. Catton. Catton. The Cattons. It was the Catton family. So if you remember when they're meeting with the professor at the beginning of the movie, Oliver and Farley are together. Yes. Farley's late to the meeting. Yes. And the professor says, oh, I knew your mom before she moved to the United States. Her last name used to be Catton. So did, oh, so that's okay. So Felix is a son, but from another daddy. I think. 100%. Gotta be. He's a stepchild. He's the, right? Yeah. Something. Because how would you? I don't know. I just remembered it. I don't know the correlation, but his mom used to be a catton. So he's not just someone that they took in. Like he Oh, it's Felix's cousin. It says Farley Stark. So if that, his last name is Stark, it says Felix's cousin. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 I don't know. But she used to be a catton. So he also like, I don't know. Anyway, they were together from the beginning. So they're, yeah, they're cousins. It's like she had a sister. The mom had a sister. Okay, okay, maybe. okay. Right? Uh, or the dad had a sister because her last name was Catton. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Okay, anyway. Okay, anyway. Anywho, Farley doesn't actually like Oliver. At least at first, for the most part of the thing. Like, Farley's kind of bullying Oliver. And Felix, is, Felix kind of picks up and, like, protects him. Mm-hmm. But any chance that Farley gets to bully Oliver, he takes it. Yeah. So if we're really thinking about some of the main characters of the movie, we have Oliver, who is seen as this poor, woe is me uh, type of person. Felix, who is the savior, right? And then we have Farley, who's kind of like the jealous person because he's not in the spotlight. He's a mix. So his image is important. He looks mixed. He has uh, like a fro kind of hair. He looks like old buddy from Push It, Push It to Corbin the Blue. He like Corbin Blue, right? Yeah. Like, so he doesn't look like what you would uh, attach to wealth from this movie, right? He kind of looks like or in the UK or in the UK, right? So though he's very smart, you can see that he is. He's in he's in the same university as everybody else. He's keeping up with everybody else, but you to him, he is almost a barrier. Or like an automatic reject, even though he, even though he has proximity to wealth, you can tell that he's still low man. Right. And so it's because seems, he's having to ask them for money. Exactly. So it seems like 
that he's really jealous of Oliver. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. Yeah, same. Anywho. And he didn't want anyone moving in to... Facts. Add another layer to what he's already fighting for. Facts. Now, remember we told you Saltburn is this eccentric estate. And when I mean eccentric, I mean all the riches you can ever think of, they have at this estate. Okay. Historic pieces, everything. They have different color rooms just to have different colored rooms. Yeah. It's crazy. This is the blue room. They eat dinner. Every time they eat dinner, it's a, it's a black tie fair. So like... Yeah, which is that's crazy. That's crazy, crazy, <laughs> right? Um, they have butlers and everything. So imagine this estate. Now, granted, I'm going to fast forward and kind of speed through the rest of this so we can talk about it uh, ratings-wise and stuff. Oliver's at Saltburn. He tells everybody, or he's at least told Felix, that he's poor. His dad has died. Mom is, you know, kind of has mental health illnesses, yada, yada, yada. There's a big moment in the movie where Felix surprises Oliver and takes Oliver home for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Felix then recognizes that Oliver is a liar. Yeah. Oliver's parents Which, are alive. Yeah, he said his parents were dead. Right, or at least his dad. And they're seemingly, they're not like rich, rich, but they're they're, they're definitely, well off. they're well off. Like, I think the statement that told me that they're well off is when they used to go to like the Hamptons or somewhere every single year. Like whatever trip it was, it's a pretty expensive trip. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, we did it every year. Well, not since the kids have been gone. So mm-hmm. he has sisters that he never talked about. He's definitely a liar. And so when they go back to Saltburn, Felix is like, I can't believe you. You're a liar. Like, after your birthday party, because we've already planned it, you like, get up out of here. Right. That's where because everything starts taking that's a turn. when, because Felix took in Oliver because he said his dad died. And yes. that's when he was like, come to Saltburn with me for the summer. Yes. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll take care of you. You don't want to go home. Because he kept saying stuff like, home isn't the same for me. I didn't come from this. Like, yeah. you're... So then we're like, okay, Oliver is Oliver's um, guys has been lifted. He's a liar, and they go to this party. Now the party is like a lawn party, right? It's a yard party. It's a big, huge party. Uh, it's like it mimics. Oh my gosh, what 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 does the party mimic, man? Um, side note, me and Katie when we were watching it, we were like, why do rich people always have mazes? Well, that maze was supposed to be... That's true. That's really cool. Like a garden maze. Yeah. But it's also a nod to... Um, it's also a nod, a nod to another film. Golly, I can't remember what it is right now, though. Um, which was pretty cool. But... Yeah. Anywho, at the party, Oliver kind of seeks to make amends with Felix and it expresses his adoration for him, right? hmm And Felix rejects him. And suggests he seek help. And then the next thing we know, the next morning, Felix is dead. Dead. And all H-E double hockey sticks is about to, when's the last time I heard that? (laughs) Is about to break loose, right? Right. Because after Felix dies, who else dies? Well, Farley gets kicked out of Saltburn. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Venetia dies by... Suicide, mm-hmm. seemingly, allegedly. Oliver is trying to stay to help the family, you know, um, mourn. Mm-hmm. But the dad is trying to get Oliver up out of there. Because the dad recognizes that, like, hey, since you've been here, it's just been a dark cloud. Right. You need to let us grieve alone. Mm-hmm. Oliver is pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing, not wanting to leave. Right. The dad even pulls out a checkbook, like, how much you want. Yeah. Get, how, get you up out of there. Which, yeah. to me, is not player, bro, because you're not going to be on my estate and not leave. 
Right. I'll kill you where you stand. Get off of my, get out of my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get out of my space. Like, what you doing? Yeah. Anyway, the weird part is we know that Oliver has already made somewhat of a pass at the mom. Remember at the, when she was talking like. Well, Oliver's been making passes at, at everybody. Everyone. So that's what makes Oliver's character. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But okay, anyway. Okay, okay. I do so, want to address that. Yeah, yeah. So Oliver leaves. Fast forward. This, uh, so Sawburn takes place in 2018? No. 2017? 2006. Are you sure? Yes, because I read something afterwards that said the end of the movie is 15 years yes, later. 15 and I was years. like, how yes. do you know? But then I remembered yeah. when we saw... It was 2006. It was 2006 because when we saw them at Oxford, there was like a welcome class of 2006 mm-hmm. in one of the dorm rooms. Right. So 15 years later, it's 2022 now. And the only reason you know it's 15 years later because it didn't say like 15 years nah, later or anything like, like later, that. Right. Well, yeah, but I also like something that I noticed that I read about later was that when they're at the cafe, the waiter has a, a mask on. Right. So you know it's post 2020. Right. You know it's post 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's slick. But see, even then, and we'll get to that. Okay, I'll get to that. Okay. So get back to the story. So 2022. So fast forward 15 years. This is after Felix has died. This is after Venetia has died. This is after Farley was ousted and from Saltburn and the family to never, ever come back. Mm-hmm. Felix, I mean, Felix, Oliver runs into the mother. Her name is Elspeth in the bakery, like in this little corner bakery. Mm-hmm. Uh, macarons everywhere, right? <laughs> She turns around, Oliver, Ali, oh my gosh, you've grown up. You look so da-da-da-da. He's like, oh, I heard about James's death. James was the person that Elspeth was married to. I heard about James's death. I read about it. How are you holding up? Yada, yada, yada. Elspeth's like, oh, you know, I feel really bad about how you were ousted from the house. I've always thought about it. Of course, Oliver's being, like, really charming. Like, oh, no, it's not that big of a deal. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. She then invites Oliver back to Saltburn. And we get a very fast montage of what happens next. And you know what happens next? Oliver has planned the whole thing. Yep. Oliver killed Felix. Oliver killed Venetia. Oliver got Farley uh, uh, ousted. I'm sure he had a play in James' death. Well, I think... So we see that he poisoned Felix. Yes. And then he gave Venetia the razors to right. kill herself. Right. Because we knew that she was grieving so hard Felix's death. For sure. But then I, I do think that James, he may have had something to do with it, but I do think that he ended up killing himself because she said, I can't believe he waited this long to do it. Right. But, okay, 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 okay. So that could be the case, but I think he might have to hand it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then we also see that who is now on a ventilator and dying? Elspeth. Elspeth is on a ventilator dying because my boy, I'm sure, has been poisoning her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he planned it the whole time. He got her to sign the estate over to Oliver in the wake of her death. So Oliver has planned this whole, like, takeover, a hostile takeover, whatever, since day one. Mm-hmm. He has been the mastermind. When he was at the bar acting like he didn't have money, he had money. Mm-hmm. But he made Felix, he targeted Felix. He flattened Felix's tire. So that he would have to stop on a bike rack. Everything he did was a targeted a- attack to his plan. To the, the Catton family. To the Catton family. The only thing that messed him up was him having to go visit his, when Felix took it to his parents. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been even smoother. would have happened 15 years before 
if that didn't happen. Right. So that messed the whole play up. So we learned that Oliver is a royal grade A dickhead, a murderer, and um, also, you know, considered in some people's mind a genius. He kind of was a genius. Though. So with that being said, in the runtime of 131 minutes, score zero out of 100, what do you give it? I think I give it like a 75. Okay. I gave it a 73. Uh, you want to run pros and cons before we dive into other stuff? Um, yeah, I guess. I haven't really thought of a pros and cons list. I know you have one, so you go first. I do. I do indeed. So let's let's talk about it. So I gave it 73 out of 100. And before y'all get on my head top, 73 is not a bad score. We're going out of 100. I believe most movies live within the 40 to 60 range. Mm-hmm. And when I say most movies, you have to recognize that there are tons of movies that are on that are out right now. Right. And we're not even talking about movies that hit theaters. Some of these movies will never hit theaters. And most movies fall within the 40 to 60 range. So a 73 isn't bad, okay? But here are my pros and cons. My pros were the imagery, right? I enjoyed the cinematography and the overall look of the film. You can tell from a period piece that it was 2006 and somewhat, it, it even felt a little bit fresher when it was 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Like the image felt a little bit more clean. Clear, so yeah. they did things to make you really feel the time. And there was so much wealth that happened that of course there were some beautiful pieces and they were in these beautiful rooms and this beautiful estate and they made it so cinematic and you felt the focus on the imagery, right? Yeah. When they wanted to see, they wanted you to focus on a statue, mm-hmm. right? They they perfectly placed the statue in the scene where it would draw your eye to it, right? Right. So it was, it was. I think that one of the, the the most iconic scenes is when Felix is dead, and you don't actually see Felix's body, but you see the what is that a minotaur? Yeah, I don't know what that was, but what well, Greek mythology there? Right, right. We'll talk about that, but it was obvious that that was the positioning, right? That was the whoever was the DP of that made a very conscious decision to frame that shot that way. Yeah. And I feel like every shot that they did was was framed very well. It, it told a good story, so that was a pro. One of, one of my favorite scenes was when they were eating while the coroner came. And that was closing crazy. And the curtains yes. and everything's red. And I was like, yeah. foreshadowing. That was, that was cool. Well, the, even her, she foreshadowed her own death with the wine, right? Mm-hmm. She was spilling the wine over the cup. That was her blood... Like coming out the tub. Out of the tub, yeah. So, like, even stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. There's like little shots that, like, they really thought about every scene, how they can tell a story within a story, or what's what's coming next. Yeah. And uh, so it wasn't that aspect I really enjoyed. Um, it, some of their sound design was pretty cool, and they had a bunch of callbacks to other cinematic moments, or there was a lot of Greek mythology tie-in, which is cool to do somewhat and. On that same token, I also think that's a con because at some point they started to use it as a crutch. And I feel like that's what made the story kind of slow and lackluster at times and a little bit too avant-garde. Predictable? Oh. Right? Like a little bit too... Out there. Out there. Okay. Like there's a fine line to testing. And this is what A24, like I talked about earlier, there's a fine line of testing the limits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they teetered it pretty well except a little bit of times they went too far, right? I said Oliver's parents being somewhat well-off kind of tarnished his motivation slash his drive to, like, you know, knock the family off. Right. Meaning I would have stuck with him being dirt poor, which would have been more believable to the Eat the Rich plot line. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Because that really was the, I guess, just like surface level theme of the movie. Eat the rich. Yeah. I'm Greed, maybe. Yeah. Like, because, and the reason why I say is like, I would say greed even more so than eat the rich is like the man... What a crazy thought yeah, to say. Agreed. You know what? Let's jump into that real quick. I also said the runtime was too long for a seemingly predictable payoff. Uh, meaning you could have shortened that film for the end of the movie to be like, oh, I knew that Oliver was doing all this stuff. But anyway, the reason why I say greed is because one, once we learn about Oliver's family and that Oliver has a support system, he has sisters and they seemingly have enough money to have like a good life. Right. He just wants more. He just wants more. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I didn't really think about that, but I, I would think that it's greed and desire right. and, and yeah, the yeah. dangers of greed and desire. For sure. Because the dangers was that he was willing to literally do anything. Right. He had no boundaries. Literally, he performed fellatio on Venetia during her period, which... I'm not, I ain't kink shaming. If that's how he get down, he get down like that. But, what? Nothing. That was a disturbing scene. It was a disturbing scene. He also dry humped Actually, a, a grave. Yeah, no, that scene was disturbing. And I read that that was um, improv, which is even more disturbing. Like, you just came up with that on the spot. Yeah, but see, that's the what I mean man. by, even with the improv, right? That's a perfect scene to talk about the two avant-garde. Right. What the f- did that mean? What did that add to the story? That added nothing to Oliver's char- character besides the fact that it made me think, what the He's hell obsessed. is wrong with Oliver? Exactly. Yeah. Like, if I was a director, there's sometimes where the improv is like, oh, that improv hit. Okay, perfect. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Line from Denzel Washington. Uh-huh. That was an improv line. That wasn't in the script. And when you go back to the dailies and watch it, and you're like, okay, this fits. But for the life of me, if I'm a director and I watch him hump that grave, I'm going to ask him, like, tell me your motivation behind that because I'm not seeing it. Yeah. And if I'm not seeing it, the audience ain't going to see it. Because at the end, he liked to say that he wasn't in love with Felix, that he adored him, but really, like, maybe the thought of him and what he wanted, like, he wanted to be him. Yeah. If you wanted to be him, why were you humping his dead body? Like, no, true. You or... Drinking his bath water. Being, drinking his bath water. Not only his bath water, his post-jizz bath water. Yeah. Oh, you see what I'm saying by his two avant-garde. I, I get what you're saying, but I think that those scenes are what is causing everyone to be like, oh my God, watch this movie. Yes, but that's my that's the thing that I cannot stand. That's what I feel like with Midsummer and stuff like that. Is that sometimes when people don't and I'd hate to be like, I don't think I'm a better movie watcher than anybody else. That's not I hope that's not what y'all get from this. Okay, I really don't. I'm just saying I be in. This is something I'm passionate about that I'm on the other side of. So sometimes I see the the, the things differently. And I think sometimes when we don't know as humans, when we don't know how we feel about something, we automatically assume the good, particularly in entertainment, because we spent time watching it. So we don't want our time to be for not. That's true. But I also think that it doesn't have to be good or bad. It's just buzzy. No, for sure. But like, what makes it? But what's that was disgusting. No, it, the man it drinking was, the and for and as a just a layman viewer, for sure, like that's a crazy scene. But does that affect the whole movie for me? Is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you're like, yo, there's this crazy scene in this movie, that's different than saying like you gotta watch this movie it was a total mindfuck. No, it wasn't. That scene was, yeah. but the movie was not. 
you know, now that I'm thinking about it, is this this is just like a weird thing is that the scene with Venetia, obviously her life ended bloodily. Yes. Is that a word? Um, and his scene was full of blood with that, right? With yeah. her. Yeah. And then the bathtub scene, he was like drinking the water and then Felix died from drinking poison. So he's foreshadowing the way he's killing everybody. Yeah, kinda. essentially. Right. Like I, I can see that. And he's the one Farley. Did he just beat Farley meat or did, he, did they smash? I don't, I don't think they smash. It was, it, I was thinking he just, you know. Yeah. You know, he gave him a little handy. Yeah. 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 That's what I think too. Put him to bed so he can send the email so he can get kicked out. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, But that's crazy to like, Yo, these people were wild. Like, to just... They all got swindled by Oliver. That's the other thing. The thing that was so crazy to me was that he was... We said this homely guy wore glasses and a button-up all the way to the top. And, and then like, he obviously had wrist. Nerd. And then he comes to Saltburn. And literally, I said out loud, when he was... the At first, when he was, like, hitting it off with Venetia, I was like, where did this Riz come from? Facts. He risen up the uh, I said it he out risen loud. up the mom, he risen up Felix, and he risen up Farley, and he risen up Venetia. Yeah, where did that come from? Now, part flip of it was switch. part of it was yeah, flip the switch. Part of it was him getting the information from the mom, right? Yeah. That Venetia was a sex addict, pretty much, and yeah. she has an eating disorder. Okay, so then he just used that to his advantage. Okay, well, she's a sex addict. She has an eating disorder. I can probably she has other things wrong with her probably that I can take advantage of. So he became this like power type person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he was just playing on everybody's weaknesses, which was crazy because you don't see, that's the other thing is that he flipped so fast. It was hard to see the development of Oliver that it was like believable that he would do this. Exactly. So that's what, I feel like his character wasn't developed enough because, and I talked about this with you. We went from him seemingly meeting Felix to going home with him. Yes, within very like fast. five minutes. And the only reason we know that a whole semester had passed was because it was like summertime. Summertime. But then and they, they showed, started at Christmas. Yeah, they showed like Christmas. So that's the only way we knew that this friendship had developed to such a close friendship that they that he could bring him home. Right. They they did like this little montage with them always going out to party and they're like they're seemingly always together right. and he tries to like clean his room and there's like a little debacle there or whatever. Um and even I think when it, when we when we see that he really wants what like Felix's life, was he trying to smash the same girl that Felix was with? Yeah. But then I don't understand. I got to rewatch that scene again cuz I'm not too. really getting why she got up and left. Yeah. Maybe she like you know what I mean like what what about what he said was so off putting because I don't think what he said was so wrong yeah you know like overwhelmingly like right. oh this this ended the moment right yeah I also was like what just happened facts but also she that. wild for even asking that question do you think he'll be mad <laughs> yeah I don't I think wouldn't have said care. nothing yep. or and she wild she wild uh, she wild girl anyway so those are the things that kind of pull it down to a seventy three for me. I say that to say I still enjoyed watching it. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like this is a terrible movie. No, it was a good I would I would suggest watching it. Yeah, I do too. A hundred percent. Um take if you have the time to do it. Like I said, it's 131 minutes. So if you have a little bit over two hours, 
watch it. Uh, it was a it was a, it was a good movie. It's just and there are just no there are some disturbing scenes very disturbing <laughs> scenes so yeah yeah drinking somebody jizz bath water is crazy work crazy eating somebody out on a period is crazy work but i really did enjoy because i i don't know if it was because i had watched midsummer the night before and midsummer had a lot of like messaging and little symbols that mm-hmm. you could pick up on but i also feel like this did in the same sense like Honestly, if you told me this was an Ari Aster film, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's what, like, I feel like that's what everybody's shooting for nowadays. Yeah. Is they're trying to make their... Because people are tired of the... I like an original story. We want an original story. Yeah. So people are shooting for those original stories. And so I that people are shooting for the Ari Aster kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and A24 has figured it out when it comes to a production company of... Which stories are, but then some. Sometimes they're not like X. Sometimes it's a it's a mess. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying. So that's the that's the stab you have to take with it. But we're not even get, for the most part they're doing that overseas. Yeah. Like because the movie business is a business, and so I feel like overseas they're still taking chances on stories, and here in America, it, 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 the movie has to be a formula for it to be put out. Right. It needs to be making money, unless you're a big name because like Killers of the Flower Moon didn't make. Uh, I didn't make budget. Yeah, I still so, want to see that. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. So, desire and obsession is what one of this article says is is the thing about. Yes, I would agree with that. Desire and obsession, and the eat the rich type of. Well, the the unhealthiness that comes with obsession, mm-hmm. because I think it's, and and that goes to all aspects of life, right? Like once you become like too much of anything is too much. Mm. Like once it once something becomes an obsession, it's too much. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So this, I'm going to read this paragraph real quick. It says, "But it's clear that Saltburn isn't intended to just be this schlocky, twisted thriller. Fennel obviously has bigger ideas in mind, and the movie tries to tackle larger societal issues. But the messaging just feels off. That feels like me. If it carries a mess, uh, if it carries a message about the dynamics between the rich and the poor, then the message is that rich people's fears about poor people are completely substantiated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. If a rich person lets a poor person into the uh, into their home to enjoy their butlers and their personal chefs, then they'll kill him and take it. And that's a pretty problematic message for the movie that it hangs its hat on. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Why is that so true? That's a fair and Maybe assessment. that's how I felt. But but the guy's not really... I didn't really see Oliver as poor when they revealed the stuff about his family. You know right. what I mean? Like, and even, So it was like, why is this your motivation? Right, like, where does this come right. from? So that's why I feel like it's, it's greed, obsession, and, and desire, right? Like, everybody's desires were put on uh, display in... Oh man, it it's I know people some people are really fed up with like the eat the rich stuff, but when you watch this film, you really feel like, yo, what what are what are you doing with all that wealth? Like why did you need all that stuff? That estate is ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. You're not using all of that. You're not using none of that. The the whole estate, we only seen them in four rooms. Yeah. Fair. And I, you know, that's maybe that's a topic for a different day, but <laughs> crazy movie. What? What are you laughing at? Nothing. I mean, you're right. 
But that's how it be, man. I, I done been in rich folks' homes and they don't be using space. And then they have the maze. <laughs> and then they have a maze because they always have a, a hedge maze. And and the, the coroner needed help because they kept getting lost in the maze. I would get lost too. That, it's a maze. You're supposed was, to get lost. That was funny to me. It makes for a hell of an October though. You can do like a little pumpkin patch thing. Mm -hmm. Oh okay. man, you throw the best uh, Halloween, Halloween parties. Party. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be uh, crazy? Or rent it out for Airbnb or something? I don't know. But I... I I enjoy psychological thrillers. They're my favorite genre. Uh, I enjoyed this film, but I'm just gonna keep it a thou wow with you. I'll probably never watch this. Film I was again. gonna ask about rewatchability. It, to me, it does not have rewatchability. It's too slow. I, I want to rewatch it. I okay. Knowing knowing what I know, I want to rewatch it so I can see things that I missed the first time. Right. To me, that's different than the the unequivocal urge to just rewatch a film. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Does that make like sense? you're not gonna be like, oh, I want to watch hey, a psychological thriller. Let's right. watch like Saltburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Seven, yeah. I'll just be like, I want to watch Seven. Yeah, let's throw on Seven. I do not feel the same way about Saltburn. Okay, but I didn't. I I still enjoyed when I watched it. That's a lot of movies. I just watched RoboCop. I enjoyed it. I'll never watch RoboCop again. Have you never seen it before? I watched it when I was a kid, so I'm not counting okay. that because I watched it with my dad. Like, I wasn't okay. paying attention. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to watch it because they got all the RoboCops on uh, Max. They got all the uh, 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 John Wicks. They got the Equalizer. So I'm watching all them things. Oh and gosh. The Matrix. So I'm like, let me watch RoboCop. I watched RoboCop, and I was like, oh, I enjoyed watching RoboCop. Mm -hmm. But never again, unless, like, I'm trying to teach somebody about film or something, am I throwing on RoboCop? And that doesn't make it a bad film at all. It just means that, like longevity wise for me i'm not gonna rewatch it like this that's when it's gonna collect dust if i ever bought it it's not getting rewatched yeah okay and that's I how feel, i feel, about I feel like I, I feel similar about saltburn i feel like the title card looks like ladybird it does it does what if they're in an in an alternate universe or like together films twin films or something Maybe that's a theory. Hmm. Things I don't know. <laughs> but who knows? All right. Well, uh, I'm glad y'all stuck around and heard us talk about salt burn. Don't put no salt in your wounds because it will burn. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but I know what I'm finna do. What are you about to do? Um, For the rest of this week, I will be watching more films, more shows, and more things. You feel me? I do. I uh, will be as well. Are you? I'm going to work on this list. That I have of things that I want to watch. Maybe I'll watch motocross today. Ooh. Johnny Tsunami. I love Johnny Tsunami. I actually do. Hey, Pono. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about... Um, I used to watch... What's the skate one? Where's the skate down here? Brink. Brink, yeah. Brink. We didn't watch Brink a couple times, <laughs> Yeah, actually. we have. Uh, Johnny Tsunami, Brink. And then, of course, Smart House. Of course. Um, I like Blank Check. You do. Um, I like Stuck in the, the Suburbs. Yes, the first kid. That's what um, that's what Sinbad when mm -hmm. he has to baby babysit the first kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, oh my gosh, what other ones? What's the one with the twin girls playing basketball? Double team. Double team. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's crazy. They did that dumbass move. With they was the traveling really. <laughs> That's crazy. They said that they were platforms, but shout out to Disney Channel movies and Disney movies, man, going crazy back in the day. Absolutely. So if you're enjoying a snow day or a snow week or, you know, just sitting around because it's cold, I think everywhere right now, it feels like everyone's having a cold front. 
So um, if you are staying in, cuddled up, watching TV, you know, always press next. Every time. Bye.